Hey sis, welcome to Beyond the Military Podcast, where faith-led military women overcome burnout and create more balance. Just imagine having enough time to focus on your faith, family, and have more fun while still serving as a woman leader. In this podcast, you will walk away with the tools to help you navigate the busy life of a military woman, organize your mind, overcome overwhelm, create a prioritization playbook, and a balanced blueprint for integrating faith, family, and career. Yeses in that order. Hi, I'm Wendy Ray, woman of God, wife, mama of two, army veteran, and certified life coach. And I'm here to help you create a life of meaning outside of the military, a life of laughter, joy, and intentional free time. If you are ready to overcome burnout and create balance as a faith-led military woman, sis, this podcast is for you. So loosen up your laces and grab your coffee because it's time to step into freedom and peace. Hello, ladies, and welcome to episode 79. I am so excited that you're here. And if you're brand new, you're just now stumbling upon this podcast, I want to welcome you. And I hope that you're excited for today's episode if you are one of my listeners that have been tuning in with me, because today we have not only a real estate investor, a military woman, um, but she's also a doctor, you all. I mean, she has so much to bring to the table. And when I tell you that um, this lady specifically not only is willing to share what she knows, she's also willing to take the first step um, because the way she and I connected she actually reached out to me first and I was brand new at podcasting and she um, pretty much said, hey, I would love to come on your podcast. I would love to share what I know and just kind of share any tools that may help any military woman that is possibly transitioning and kind of go from there. So, you know, that for me is kind of where I got sold on, you know, her passion and really just her driven mentality that she has for what she does, what she offers, but also how it impacts the military woman community. So I'm just so happy that you're tuning in today. And I promise you that you will gain so much from her and from everything that she's learned throughout her journey while she was in the military, possibly. And even when she was completely out and how she got on this journey with real estate. And before I you get to listen to her. I'm going to go ahead and introduce her. As you may know, if you've been tuning in for the month of February, um, we had interviews on Mondays and now here we are on a Wednesday. You are also going to be tuning in for the month of March on interviews from different military women, different backgrounds. So I'm just really excited that you get to meet her. So Erin is a self-made millionaire who achieved financial freedom through real estate investing in less than four years. To date, she has helped over 200 other investors to build cash-flowing real estate portfolios, a U.S. Army veteran, and Erin understands what it's like to work for the man and be limited by a schedule and fixed income. Erin created a system to allow her to live a life by design and now has the time and resources to give back and focus on her family. Without further ado, Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. That was an awesome intro. I think that's the first time I've been formally introduced as doctor, so that's cool. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that you went for it. I mean, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, should I? But then I'm like, no, I just just rather not go there just yet. Maybe in the future, not sure there yet. I haven't completely said goodbye to that. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's an honor to have you, you know, again, you going through all these hurdles, obstacles. And I just love how you said, um, you know, that you understand what it what it means to work for the man, right? Because I mean, I think we all do when it comes time, you know, for the military, if, 
you've served, um, if you served in or now, you know, in the corporate sector or just, you know, out there trying to figure it out, start a business. We all know that at the end of the day, we are still, you know, in a world where we could, um, you know, have more when it comes to the gap of inequality. So thank you again. And, you know, I just want to go ahead and start off since, you know, you have so many things and I want to be able to capture as much as possible for this episode. You know, what really got you started with um, real estate? Yeah. Yeah. I've always been interested in real estate. And I think what was intriguing to me was flipping. I've been around construction my whole life. My dad's an iron worker, owns his own business. And I've always just liked being around the job site. Um, so I got in, I did some flipping in the beginning, but what I kind of learned about flipping was it was it was making me a decent amount of money for the most part. Um, some There was two properties that we actually lost money on, but we made a good amount of money, but it was really stressful, really time consuming. And it wasn't adding to our like long-term plan. We weren't building wealth. I wasn't building passive income. There's nothing passive about flipping. <laughs> and uh, and then you know you're dealing with contractors constantly and yeah it's that is just such a challenge and it's anytime you bring money into the picture it's emotional and um, mm. anyway I just was like this is not what I want to do forever so I shifted focus into exclusively now investing in turnkey properties um so you know rent ready I'm okay with doing a minor renovation like right now I just the last one I just bought like one uh one of the units needs a new kitchen floor and one of the units needs painted cabinets. I'm okay with stuff like that, but I'm yeah. not willing to commit my life to flip <laughs> projects anymore. At least not right now. I have a three and a five-year-old girl, girl daughter and uh, life is insane. So um, part of like me taking control of life and increasing my my wealth and also scaling my monthly income is just continu- continuing to buy assets that produce cash flow. And so that's yeah. what it's all about for me. And it's so liberating. Like our lives could not be more different than they were four years ago or, you know, longer than that. And yeah. I'm super passionate about this for the military spouse because <laughs> ha- having and maintaining a career as a spouse is honestly nearly impossible. Like to, you know, continue on a trajectory, follow your spouse everywhere, pick up and go, like it's really, really hard. And then percentage of military spouses that are underemployed is like 26% and unemployed yeah. is like 21%. And that's just the women that are looking. And I, I say women because most military spouses are women, but, you know, there's right. men out there too. And, um, you know, that's just those that are looking for jobs. There's more that just have resigned to the fact that like, it doesn't make sense for them to work. Like they, they will have to work for less than their worth and then they've got to pay for childcare and it just is easier to stay home. And so a lot of these women, you know, are probably resentful whether they want to admit it or not. And I I can say that because when I got out of the army, I got out very suddenly. We had our first kid and I was still active duty. And my husband was um, special forces. He had fairly recently like switched over and I was an engineer still. And we were like, we're going to just see how long we can ride this dual military thing out. It was like seven years. I had served for seven years on active duty. And I was like, I don't think we're going to make it a career, but let's, you know, let's try to do a couple more years. I loved right. it. I was really good at it. Um, and so three days after maternity leave, I got an email with orders to Afghanistan. And I wow. literally laughed. I mean, I was so sleep deprived. I was so stressed out. It was so hard to just 
drop my kid at daycare, like literally a mile down the road and be that far away from her. And my husband was going to deploy the same month, June of 2016. We're both going to go the same month. He was going to go to Iraq. I was going to go to Afghanistan. And like, ironically, right before this happened, I walked out of a meeting with my boss, who was a full bird colonel. So awesome, super supportive. And he wanted to make sure that the office that they set aside for me was like sufficient to pump because I, um, yeah, yeah, they said this, like, they didn't have to because I was like one of three green suitors in this building. And the current, or at least at the time, the rule was like, if you have less than 50 soldiers, the requirements don't apply. So anyway, I, yeah, it's, uh, hopefully it's changed just then. But I, I have, do. I, yeah. So I, they didn't have to do that for me, but they did. And they like set it up for, they, they basically cleaned out this closet and, but it was really nice. Like I had a window, I had my own desk and I thought it was going to be pumping in the car. So I was super thrilled. He was awesome. And then I left and I went and got, I had orders um, to deploy and I just left. Like I was like, there's no way I'm going. And I told my mom and my mom was free. I called my mom right away before I even called my husband. And she was like, oh my God, she was panicking. I was like, mom, I'm not going. I was like, I will like go to Canada with my baby before I go. Right. So I knew in that moment that I was no longer a soldier. Like I'm like, I don't want to deploy. This is my job and I don't want to do it. So guess what? This is it's time it's to go over. Yeah. So we went, I went home that night. I told my husband we were out on a walk and like, we just were like, okay, well, it was good while it lasted. And I literally resigned the next day. I submitted my packet that I already had like in my inbox, the whole like template and everything. Cause I had been, you know, considering it and my packet was approved like three days later. And so I tell what? people I resigned overnight and people who don't understand the military are like, you can't do that. No way you resigned overnight. I'm like, well, I made the decision. I submitted my request. It was like the most like anticlimactic event ever. And yeah. six months later, I was out and I was a stay-at-home mom. And it was a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine. And I love how you said it that it was overnight because that is overnight, right? Like it takes a while. I mean, it took me six months to even hit the send button and another three weeks to for my, you know, talent commander to come back and ask me, are you really sure? Is this what you want to do? And, you know, this whole thing that really happens and, and I get why, but you're right. It, it did happen overnight. And I'm just, you know, really proud of you for being honest with yourself. It takes a lot. Like, I'll be honest, like for me, that was that was just me like lying to myself. I'm like, I kind of do want to make this a career, but I don't know. I was just in the, um, this, uh, tiptoeing around both worlds. Right. And I think that you doing it, making a decision right away and just being completely honest and true to where you were at the moment, you know, you're like, I was sleep deprived. I was tired. I, you know, was barely making it (laughs) when it comes to being a mom. And, you know, that really, um, I think, is a lot has a lot to say um when it comes to how you know yourself and i think that at least for me i lost sight of that um i want to say 2 years in i kind of just forgot who i was and all i knew was that i was captain ray and i'm going to get this done and you know and, and nothing wrong with that right but i think it's kind of um you know i i didn't really have any boundaries that helped me kind of come back and reel myself in and you know look at the you know, future in three years from now, because I, I was also doing military with my husband at Fort Bragg. You know, he was on the GRF, so he was always, you know, getting ready to deploy. Um, so again, I applaud you for that. And 
you know, it's funny you said that you all, that you enjoy being on the sites because now it makes sense since you're an engineer officer. That's kind of like where you started and it just makes so much sense now that, you know, that's something that you've always liked to do. I think, you know, growing up with your dad in a similar field and, you know, him having his own business, I think that's also what, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit, right, that kind of gets you into real estate or once you're in it. And so now what has been the most challenging thing? Um, and, and this is more specific, like with the real estate, right? Like coming from a military background, mom, and now into real estate, what has been the most challenging for you? Um, well, it's kind of like piggybacking off of what you said. I think like balancing it all and then like giving myself permission to just mm -hmm. go for it. So like I getting out of the army was I didn't realize this at the time, but like it wasn't a decision I made for me. It was a decision I made for our family. And because I knew I, my, I was so concerned that my husband, my husband offered to get out. And I was like, I don't even know what else she would do. Like I, I felt like he was going to resent me. And so I was like, wouldn't even consider that option. Interestingly, I resented him so much and, and hmm. still sometimes do. Like he, when I started I became a stay-at-home mom. I So I became a mom and lost my career, my network, everything overnight. And then, you know, transitioning from the military is, I would say, harder than like most um, industries. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. And then I like my, the uh, biggest thing, which I didn't realize until much later, was just losing that network. I, I was around all these like young professionals. No one had kids yet. And then I had kids and now suddenly I'm hanging out with all these moms that yeah. were, you know, Southern women who I've never like spent any time with I'm from New York um it was just we were just really different we were in really different places like so many of them wanted to homeschool and I was like every night I would go to bed like can my kids be in school can my kid be in school we only had our first one I was like I cannot wait till they go to school because I'm like I'm gonna sacrifice these five years of my life and then they're going to school and I'm going back to work and I was like I can do this but to be honest it was horrible it was so yeah. horrible and I think it's so hard yeah, and but it's all hard. And what I've kind of realized is like I have I deal with anxiety a lot and not having anything to do is like the worst thing for my anxiety. And I like really struggle on holidays because you don't have anything to do. And so I've even on vacation and stuff, like I've learned to have to like schedule things. I always have to have something to keep me going. Otherwise I just really struggle. And so I didn't know that at the time. I don't think I had like the opportunity to process it. Um, and I just didn't really think I was like worthy of anything. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I'm, I am just a stay-at-home mom. I, I shouldn't be making money. I don't deserve to make money. And yes, I think that held me back a lot, like for, you know, being able to scale. And even now, like I make more money than I ever, ever thought I possibly could. And I feel guilty about it all the time. And I struggle with that because I'm like, I know my husband does not feel guilty receiving a paycheck. And I hate that <laughs> I feel guilty about it. But I think it's something that I will, I will struggle with forever. And what I've learned is like two thoughts can't occupy the same space. So if I'm feeling right. guilty, I can't also be improving my business, improving myself, being there for my family. And so I've learned to like just shift my focus. I do give myself a little time to like wallow and and like, you know, feeling sorry for myself. But then I'm like, all right, that's it. Time is up. Move on. Let's make some progress. Um, so I, you know, I think that for me is it like feeling worthy, feeling like I deserve it. 
um, not feeling guilty for making money, being successful. And, um, you know, just like allowing myself, one of the big things I say, and you can see behind me, I have this dream big sign. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like set big goals and ruthlessly pursue them. And I think that I, big goals are easy for me, but the ruthless pursuit can be hard sometimes because I just, I hold myself back. And I think a lot right. of us as women do that. Yeah, no, we do. And you hit up on so many great points here because we don't realize that regardless of what route we take, it's going to be hard, right? And I know you said that earlier, and it's going to be hard in different ways. And, you know, you, um, I love how you said um, that one of your kids, I think they were in school and you're like, okay, I can't wait for the next one to go in school because I was the same way. When I was transitioning, my son was, um, wasn't in school yet. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? There's daycare, but then I felt guilty. And then I didn't feel I'm worthy of being a mom. I mean, there were so many variables playing in my mind. And then the emotions that I, that would come up, I didn't know how to deal with them. I would, you know, try to avoid them or try to resist them or pretend that they weren't there and try to go on to the next thing. And I think that we do that so well based on how we trained our mind in the military, because we're like, we have a mission, we got things to do, and we just have to keep going no matter what. And we're going to find the solution. And all of you said, you know, we kind of shift our focus. And I think that we do that so often that when it comes time to have a little bit of peace, a little bit of, you know, doing something different that isn't within our comfort zone, we kind of just try not to dig in, into it too much that we immediately find an escape, which again, cannot, you know, it, it's not a huge deal but I think when we get the um a negative um upside or a negative um net worth of what are we doing right like what are we actually getting out of it and if it's procrastinating and um analysis paralysis and something's not right and I think yeah. that many of us do that or we go through that because we sometimes think that it's better on the other side or it's better in a different phase or a different stage, right? But when we get there, we're like, it's just as hard. It's just as challenging. So now what, right? So like for you, um, you know, is this how the coaching came into play with, you know, you uh, possibly mentoring and then now coaching other, like, I think you mean your focus is military spouses. Yeah. How to get over yeah. that? So I, um, we moved to California, like, I guess almost four years ago now. And I was a realtor in Tennessee where we had been living prior to that. And then when I moved to California, we were only going for a year and a half because my husband was just working on a uh, master's degree. So I didn't want to get licensed in California and like try to build my business there and then move again in a year and a half and do the same thing. And so I was like, I'm just going to become a referral agent. I'll just continue to network. And I've always wanted to launch like a coaching program because I was stuck in that analysis paralysis. The first, like the biggest thing is like knowing which step to take and then also having someone verify and validate what it is that you're pursuing. Because I think for me, when I was pursuing real estate, everybody, like including my own mom, was like, don't do it. You're going to lose everything. And everyone has like some crazy story about <laughs> uncle that lost their shirt in real estate. And it's like, the negativity is so yeah. overwhelming and it's like mm -hmm. noise. And so it wasn't until I got a, a mentor who was actually a Marine um, from White Feather Investments. His name is Buddy Rushing. And he was the one who just was like, just get after it. 
get out there, make offers. And I offered on a 10 unit, which was just like my fourth property, I think. And when he told me to make an, I brought it to him because I thought he would want to buy it. And then he told me to make an offer. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, I'm like, I've bought like a duplex and three single family homes, like a 10 unit. I'm not there yet. He was like, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. And I just did it. I put it together. I set up a partnership and we took the deal down. And it's like, it's amazing that we've owned it now for, I guess, three years. And it just cash flows like crazy. It's increasing in value. It's, it's been an awesome experience. But had he not like pushed me in that direction, I never would have even made the offer. And so yeah. knowing that is what really kind of um, ha- like pushed me to sort of set up this program. And I had this free time once I moved to California because I was self-managing some of my properties in Tennessee. I was a realtor. Then I got to California and I wasn't really doing those things. I, I put everything under property management. So I suddenly had this time and I decided to launch this program, which comes with one-on-one coaching. And then I more recently have gotten into, I'd always like been told like niche down, like the the riches are in the niches and all this stuff. And I've always known that like my niche is like women, especially military women, especially stay-at-home moms that are unfulfilled. And, um, uh, but I just like I've always told myself like there's not enough women out there. My network is mostly men because I'm mil- you know military military. Mm-hmm. And then I my dissertation was about um, investor psychology with a focus on women. And what I found is that women don't really don't really believe in themselves enough to invest in themselves, which I'm guilty of. Right. And we you know we just doubt our abilities, even though across the board we're better investors than men in every single metric. The only wow. thing they do this in is maybe you know, willingness to take risk, which does not work out well for them, the men, men <laughs> as them. <laughs> and I hope I'm not coming off as like a man hater. <laughs> oh, listen, guys, if you are a guy listening to this, please don't take it personal. It's yeah, just, please. it's just statistics. Please, that's been a hard time. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. but in the reason that I can like, I get kind of heated about this is because the investing industry is so male dominated, right? Like, yeah. like we we use a bull, right? It's like, you're supposed to be this like masculine, strong, like freaking bull. And it's like the buy and hold method and the more like conservative approach is so much more productive. And the feminine touch is, has proven over and over again to be more successful. Yeah. And m- most of the people that came out of 2008 and actually made money and recovered are women. Wow. It was men that lost, you know, the people that lost yeah. everything was the majority of them were men because they pulled out women mm-hmm. stuck, in, stuck in there, you know, hung in there. And then the it all came back. Right. Right. So more more millionaires came out of that event than ever. And I, you know, we'll see kind of what happens in this like post COVID era. But anyway, yeah. I'm just like so off track. I know uh, no, you're fine. I, this is good. <laughs> so, yeah. So I I've started to focus on women and I have this women's conference and I I get a lot of flack sometimes from men like how come I can't come and I'm like this is something that's only for women because the conversation is different women Mm -hmm. open up differently when there aren't men in the room and this does not happen like you most of the investor meetups that you go to a lot of the investor conferences are male dominated if not completely Mm -hmm. male attended so that's what that's for and I've just found that like I lo- we all have the same concerns, you know, as women, like we all almost have the same concern of like worthiness and investing in ourselves and 
you know, whether we want to admit it or not, but it's really cool to bring people together and like say, like, how do you overcome this? How do you deal with this? And a lot of <laughs> women who are really successful are like, I haven't. Like I've, you know, I've been, I've been a BA investor for 15 years and I still struggle with it. But just sharing how they, how they cope with it, I think is super empowering. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that because you're right. Many of the real estate uh, gurus that I follow are men. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with Grant Cardone, right? Like there aren't, at least from my perspective, I, I'm not, um, you know, investing in real estate or anything like that just yet. But for me, it's kind of like one of those things that's in the back of my mind. And I'm like, I'll eventually get there. And I think for me, it's more of the um, time consuming, right? In my brain, I'm like, I have this belief of there's going to be some time that I'm also investing. And uh, maybe not necessarily like the risk um, per se, but for me, it's more of like, I'm going to have to, you know, do my coaching and do my nine to five and do X, Y, Z and the family and the kids. And, you know, also at the same time, still focus on my faith. And I think, you know, you could tell me now, you're like, Wendy, well, that's not how it goes, right? Like there's just so many things and yes, you're going to have to invest a little bit of time, but it's not possibly what I'm imagining in my brain. I'm like, it's, it's a lot, right? But, you know, I just love that you are, you know, hosting this and that you're bringing more women together, which by the way, I'm going to be part of one of your events that you're hosting. I'm not sure if this is um, what you were talking about, but, you know, I, I look forward to that event so that I, you know, can really learn more because again, ladies, this is what it, this opportunity is all about, right? For everyone to learn more about why it's so important to bring this to the women community, to the military spouse community, because it is one of the things that you can do remotely, that you don't have to, you know, ask for permission and be like, okay, well, I'm moving. Can I relocate to, you know, wherever this company is at or where my husband or, or my wife is relocating? But at the end of the day, um, like you mentioned, Erin, um, and you bring up really valid points here is, you know, self-worth um, and sometimes even feeling guilty, right? Like you mentioned, you know, you may end up making more than your spouse, but at the end of the day, I think it's, again, those limiting beliefs that we have about what we can bring to the table without putting that much time as well. Even though your husband may be working 12 hours or more a day and you're like, I'm only working seven and this is what I'm bringing. But kind of, again, having this um, kind of patriarchy mentality that we have. Um, and I think that that's where you really come in, you know, the value that you have on both ends, you know, coming from a military male dominant environment and now into a very small woman community in the real estate industry. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And, you know, one last question, because I'm sure this is why um, a lot of the ladies are, you know, really waiting for as well, you know, how do you manage to, you know, do the real estate and possibly even more of the construction flipping? Not sure if that's also what you're still doing, but the family as well. How is that working out for you? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I I have, um, you know, a lot of systems like calendars and um, I have limited time to work. My, my five-year-old's in kindergarten. My three-year-old only goes to school like part day, three days out of the week. So when she's in school, I'm like head down, no distractions, like get after it. And I have a to-do list. I actually have a tracker that I print out every Sunday and kind of like go through it. I'm going to show you a little bit. Um, but this is like what keeps me on track for my priorities. And it's, it's two sides. One side has my calendar and then mm -hmm. like, love it my follow-ups. These are people I have to follow up with. 
this is like all the things that I do, my portfolio, my calendar, I broker private money loans, and then content for social media, systems, events, course referrals, real estate referrals, and then home, um, which is always built. And so, um, you know, I focus on there's things I have to do every day at the top. And then these are things I, I fill in as I need to. And what I've kind of learned is like, I think this is, I don't know if this is just like a woman thing. I, I think it's a personality thing, but I, I tend to be just like a to-do list person and I just want to be productive. And I used to like do things just so I could cross them off the list. And what I've learned in my like four years as an entrepreneur is like, if it's not going to make me any money, I do not do it. Like the, the purpose of my business is to make money. If I'm doing something that's not going to make me money in a direct or indirect way, I just don't do it. It gets thrown out. And then if it's like, if it's something that will make me money or contributes to some income producing activity and I hate doing it and it like sucks <laughs> the life out of me, I outsource it. And I know a lot of people are like outsource the, the, the activities that are like below you or aren't making you $800 an hour or whatever. I don't necessarily agree with that because there's some really like low level tasks that I actually kind of enjoy doing. And so I'll do those all day. But then there's some higher level tasks that I may have to pay more for somebody to do, but I just hate doing them. And yeah. you know, those are the things that like you have on your list, but you're constantly kicking them down lower and lower. So like those tasks, like that you go to bed at night, you're like, crap, I got to do this tomorrow. Like hire those right. tasks out because that is taking up so much brain capacity, so much time that could be focused on other things. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of like outsourcing, hiring things out, which you have to trust people to do it. You can't like pay oh, yes. someone to do it and then like breathe down their neck and like make sure they do it because you might as well do it yourself. So you right. have to trust them, let them do what the thing is that you're paying them to do. And sometimes you have to be okay with it not being perfect. Like mm -hmm. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people, business owners like want everything to be perfect and don't want to push it out till it's ready. But like sometimes you just got to go for it. And, you know, people will forgive you if you put a comma instead of a period even though, you know, you might be stressed out about it. So yeah, I think that's it for me is like just figuring out what the tasks are that I really don't want to do. Figuring out what's important, first of all, throwing everything else out. And then the things I don't want to do, just outsource them and um, do the things that make you happy. Love it. And 100% on, you know, the things that you don't like to do, enjoy to do, definitely outsource it. Um, and the things that you love doing, even if it's like posting on Instagram, right? Like, just go ahead and do that if that's something that you enjoy, because at the end of the day, it's going to come across to your audience and, you know, whatever you're doing, it's going to come across to or whoever it's going to. So I completely agree. And I love your system, which, by the way, I will now, um, well, now I'm compelled to put the video up <laughs> as well so that our listeners can kind of see what you are talking about with your sheet, which looks very neat. You all, um, if you do get a chance, definitely the show, the link will be in the show notes for you to really see this conversation as well, because it's very important to be organized, to have a system, to have a workflow. You know, that's something that I, you know, really teach my clients as well with, you know, their lives. It's really hard to do it within our lives, but it's so simple to do it, you know, in our careers and our jobs. But when it comes time to actually, you know, taking the time to be there for your your kids or something that your spouse is planning or even just as simple as making appointments, right? It can be sometimes difficult because we're like, well, it's important, but at the same time, you know, I'll get to it. And, you know, and then like you said, we 
push it to the next day or the next um, month. And I think that the better we can do it on both ends, the better we're going to be. And again, like you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that's one of the things that we struggle to as women, um, especially if you've been in the military for over a day, you know, that there's structure and you're like, oh, but it needs to be, you know, the slides need to be great. Or like you said, it has a comma instead of a period, so on and so forth. I've definitely fallen for that. And, you know, it can be a struggle sometimes. And Erin, um, thank you so much for sharing those tips, those tools. And again, we all have, you know, something to offer to this um, world. And I think that the better we can do it earlier in your military career. So if you're listening and you're still in the military and you have no idea of, you know, what it is available or what's available in the real estate industry, I highly recommend that you check out Erin Hell. She has an Instagram. She's also, I believe, on LinkedIn. And she has amazing things on her websites, things that she's working on. So reach out to her. Everything will be in the show notes. And Erin, what do you... um? One last thing, what could you offer our listeners today and, you know, how can they get a hold of you as well? Yeah. So I think, you know, hopefully what you get from me is it's all about building systems and and replicating and making routine things routine. It, I think that the biggest thing in business, whether, you know, you're pursuing whatever you're pursuing, even if it's not business, it's that consistency. And the easiest way to do that is to build processes and systems. So that's what I'm all about. And that's what I teach all my coaching clients. And so I have this uh, video, webinar, whatever you want to call it on my website that helps you understand the system of investing and particularly in real estate. It's eight step system from goal setting to purchasing the real estate and repeating the process over and over again. And that's something that it's like 40 minutes. It's I'm talking super fast because I'm from New York and I'm like, I just want you guys to get the down and dirty, take notes and um, I'll, I feel like a lot of times when I record videos, I, you know, try to like talk slow. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go all in on yeah. this, like maximize your time. And um, it's a pretty awesome video. And I think it's um, something that you can replicate in other things as well. So that's on my website. My website is bcglobalinvestments.com. And it's under free training on there. There's a tab on there for free training. And then you can email me at Erin, E-R-I-N, at bcglobalinvestments.com. Awesome. And by the way, I'm going to go check that out as well this weekend to see what I learned on the eight steps because yeah. again, everyone has something different and it may be something that I'm like, wow, I never you know considered it or thought about this. And again, I, I believe that the more we can empower one another as women, the better our world is going to be, especially for our younger generation, like our daughters and, you know, others um, behind them. So thank you so much, Erin, for sharing that. And I hope that if you're listening, tuning in today, or even after this podcast has posted, it will still be available. So check out the link in the show notes. And I pray that this episode has blessed you and that this episode has taught you something and resonated with you as well. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Bye. Hey, lady, if this podcast helped you, challenged you or inspired you in some way, please leave me a written review for the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with another military sister. Helping you integrate balance, prioritization and growth in your relationship with God is my ultimate calling. I'm so blessed that you are here. And please join us in the faith-led military women community on Facebook at bit.ly forward slash beyond the military GRP. Again, it is bit.ly beyond the military GRP. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.